With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Northwest Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, my guest today is Blake Lewis, and Blake came in second on American Idol to the winner, Jordan Sparks. But Blake has proved once again that you don't have to win American Idol to be successful. Blake has had continued success since his run on American Idol. His uh, performance on the show of You Give Love a Bad Name has over 3 million views and, and to this date is one of the most popular performances in, in American Idol history. So I'm just thrilled to have Blake on. He's from the Seattle area. We're going to catch up with him for a, a bit today. So thank you, Blake, for coming on. Thanks for having me. So what's been going on with Blake Lewis? Let's, let, let's oh. catch up. <laughs> a lot has been going on with been Blake going Lewis. On. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a you know a, a very uh, fruitful year. Um, about uh, last year, uh, well, actually, yeah, a year since last July, I started working on my new album, which is called Portrait of a Chameleon. And um, through that, one of my tracks got licensed to a Microsoft commercial. Um, much love from the Northwest, uh, which is amazing mm-hmm. to still have some support and a great community. And um, since then, um, people have really responded to the single. I, I re- released the single through my record label, which I created called Audio Daydream Records, uh, off of my, my first album. Uh, and uh, from there, it was licensed to Universal Republic, and I've been doing promo tours and, you know, need to see my commercial and song in, in theaters uh, around the world. and. It's been a, it's kind of been a whirlwind, and currently I'm just trying to finish this album up. I have about 11 songs that uh, I'm, I work on about you know three to four days a week um, when I'm not playing shows. Yeah, you've just really been um, experiencing success, maybe not not in the in the big uh, sense that that we're, we're we're used to seeing success, but as far as, like, flashy in your face all the time. But you have just been going right along, one thing after another, working, making a name for yourself. Um, everybody knows who you are. Uh, you were, were just teaching Michelle Obama's beatbox not very long ago. I mean, you, you just had just a fantastic career post-idol. It's, um, it's been a long journey, that's for sure. Um, I mean, I started, you know, pursuing music, you know, um, not just as a hobby, but you know, as my passion and, and my career when I was around 18 years old, and 
you know, it's been over a decade, and, uh, you know, uh, I get my work ethic from my, my dad and my talent from my mom, and, um, you know, I just uh, I work hard as I can, you know, and, and still have fun doing it. And uh, each year, you know, has its challenges, and uh, this year has been uh, a very creative year, and uh, I'm blessed. I, I'm very fortunate that I, you know, I'm allowed to uh, create and communicate my craft. Are, are you happy that, that you still have the association with American Idol? Was that a good experience for you? Or if you had to do over, would you do something different? Oh, most definitely. No, I um, I will forever be synonymous with American Idol, and that's great. Uh, I was at the, the peak of their show, and, you know, I got to represent myself as, as true to form as I could on, you know, kind of a, you know, a karaoke show. <laughs> I was the first, you know, the mm-hmm. first people to ever you know, arrange his own music on that show and, you know, um, the fact that I had that liberty and, you know, uh, <clears throat> I guess gusto. <laughs> I didn't really well, yeah, you, get along too you, well you with the producers. You were really kind of the, the, the real original artist that, that, that broke out from American Idol. You were kind of off the beaten cookie cutter path, so to speak, with with your talents. Um and, and still on reality shows today, they, they kind of America still kind of goes for that big voice type of thing instead of the um, and 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 I don't want to say that those people don't have obviously because they, they do have a, a, a lot of talent, but it, it kind of gets to be almost the, the the same type of thing. And you were so far out of that mold that it was refreshing. Yeah, I was. Well, I'm definitely kind of that out of box character. I think being a Northwest kid has a lot to do with that. You know, all my friends up in the Northwest are really creative. You know, there's something something about the Northwest. I, I, I credit the Northwest for that, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I came I came into American Isle and kind of looking at it as a remix comp- contest. You know, I'm, I'm a producer, and, uh, you know, I write and arrange my own music. So when I, when I got there, I was definitely scared. I, I'd never seen the show before, and, you know, it was um, – it was – uh, an experience that uh, I'll never forget. You know, I get to, t- t- if I have, you know, kids and they have kids, I get to tell my grandkids about this, you know. That one time I was on this show. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it was amazing. I uh, I still to this day think I'm like the f- one person out of, you know, 12 years of seasons now uh, that had the most fun on that show. Because I, I, I don't take anything for granted in my life. And, that experience was just, it was crazy. It had nothing to do with me, honestly. Like, I think the universe, you know, your God or whatever, whoever you believe in, you know, kind of put me in that place in that moment in time, you know. Before that, I wrote, you know, anti-television commercials. And, like, uh, the <laughs> aftermath of American Idol, I was a very, you know, surreal and uh, interesting mental um, time uh, in my life, um, being off a television show and the success and, you know, instantly that instant fame, which is such a facade, and you know what, you know how many young Americans, you know, just want to be famous, which is really sad in this country. But um, I had it was a really hard time for me. I actually got depressed after American Idol because the experience was over, and you know I didn't know how to get back to who I was before because I was forever changed. Um, so the experience at the show in general um, even didn't. Um, I would say that it didn't stop uh, after the curtain closed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Well, yeah, because so, there's, there's got to be a certain high that kind of comes with that because they keep you very, very busy during that show. Um, you have a lot of press that you're doing, a lot of PR, you're performing, you're rehearsing. There's there's a lot that's going I mean, you're a part of a huge show yeah, process. It, it's 24 hours a day, you know, um, it's crazy. Uh, you don't get to go out. Like, I had to actually sneak out to, like, go experience L.A. I never really – I've been to L.A. when I was a kid, but, I mean, I mean, I've traveled and toured, but I never, you know, act, living in a city, and here I am thrust in Los Angeles – and not just Los Angeles, but Hollywood, and, and, you know, you have these, you know, assumptions that everything's cool here and, you know, all this stuff when, in fact, it's just, you know, Hollywood's definitely a facade of entertainment, and then, you know, you got your – your Spider Man on Hollywood Boulevard and then you got your mm-hmm. crackheads and you got the it's you know it's a different uh uh it's definitely a, a town filled with sharks and, you know, you either sink or swim. And um you know, I, I stood my ground and I immediately uh peaced out. <laughs> I went back to the Northwest <laughs> immediately and because um, I, I wanted to be in Los Angeles on my own terms and, and American Idol wasn't that so you know, I came, I came back and uh, started producing more and got back to being me uh, outside of the you know the limelight. And you know, for some people that's great, for for others not. You know, for my, for me, you know, mind, body, and soul, I had to get away from all that stuff because it's not stuff that I care about. I care about you know, being me and creating my music and you know, wanting people to hear what I have to say. Um, but in my I, I own can life, certainly understand not, that because you yeah. want to kind of get get back in touch. I I could totally see how you could lose yourself through that idol experience because not only are you thrust into super um, limelight at that time, you're on really at that time you were on the biggest show ever. Be, there was nothing like <laughs> it. It was at the height of its fame, and the, there you know. You, it's it's a completely for, for people who don't understand. It's a completely. I mean, it's like you have been zapped from one world into a completely foreign world, and you have to adjust. Yeah. That. Definitely, definitely taking adjustments. Um, you know, me, I'm really bad at biting my tongue, and you know, I thought I had a thick skin, and you know, and then that happened, and it like completely. You you have to have a different outlook, and you really have to watch what you do, like little quirks that I have that, you know, make me who I am are all of a sudden in the spotlight and they're not the best quirks to have in the spotlight, you know. So it, you really have to have a thick skin. And uh, I'm even learning, I mean, even now, I mean, um, right now I'm, you know, uh, last week I was tested with, you know, friends and relationships and evil people on the Internet just bashing me for stuff I did like eight years ago. And that's like, well, I'm not... I'm not that same person that I was, so it's just mm-hmm. it's it's weird what's out there. You know, you really have to stick to your guns and be true to yourself and and uh, be positive. And I live my life in a super positive manner, and I'm super healthy now. And uh, life's great. You know, uh, I'm I'm at a better place now than I was even you know when I was on television. Mm-hmm. Were, were were you able to keep a lot of your friends that were pre-idol? Post idol, um, or 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 did or did your your friends change because of what happened to you? Um, well, uh, the people on the show, yes, I've, I've definitely remained friends with. But you know, um, coming back to Washington was was definitely hard. You know, because people 
assume things and people already have an assumption made and judgments. <laughs> you know, here I'm on the biggest show in the world and it's all about getting judged. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt and, you know, like I said, just be, be true to yourself and, and your real your your real friends will shine and the other ones will fade, you know. And I mm-hmm. definitely you know, uh, being in Washington and playing almost every venue and every show and every high school and I mean I I've before American Idol probably played a you know, close to five hundred to seven hundred shows just in Washington alone. Um, with my a cappella group and hip hop group that I was in and rave scene and, and everything. So, you know, everyone has their assumptions of who you are and who you know, the expectations of who you are and that's that's the that's the the catch twenty two and you know, having relationships with people after that that kind of fame and you know, you really have to uh, look out for your best interests, and you know the good people will always come through. But then mm-hmm. again, there's also the bottom feeders and the people right. that you thought were friends, but they're just looking to get theirs. You know, right? And well, you know, and that's not so much in Washington. I see, I see that obviously right. more here being yeah, in cool. LA. To be honest, right? <laughs> Anyone who has any experience with the human population knows that uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just it. You just you just go through that in life. Unfortunately, you know, it, it's a constant weeding out. You know, process. Uh, you know, there's pe- people come into your life for a season. You know, and and sometimes that season's longer for some than others. <laughs> but uh, sometimes they just got to go bye bye. You know, so. Yeah, but what's what's been really nice is. Um, I think my music, uh, because this this ad and people have really responded, and um, this song's more of a testament of who I am. Uh, even it's just a fun song. It's just a you know a fun kind of love song, and uh, the guy trying to get the girl, you know. And mm-hmm. but you know it was just a collaborative effort. It's me and my friend Matt, and we made it. And you know uh, I couldn't be more proud of anything um, musically that I've come out with. My first album was great. My second album was more heartbreaking. And this, but this album is more positive. It's more, you know, feel good and anthemic, and uh, you know, about coming out of the dark and into the light. You know, because um, mm-hmm. my message has always been about you know unity and and you know the power of uh, creation. You know, and and if you're gonna you know go out there and and be a role model after you know this kind of you know, people look up to to me just because I was on this television show and, you know, because I was going out there and, and being myself, you know. So how can I use that for good? And, you know, my best way is my voice and my music. Right, and, uh, yeah, you, you will forever be changed because of that. And, and you will always have a voice um, because of being on American Idol. It will always lend itself. And we're going to play... Um, your touch a little bit later here in the show so that, that people can hear it. And, and it's available right now on iTunes. Awesome. Yes, and, and Amazon.com too. Yes, and I want to tell everyone that they can go to your website, which is BlakeLewisOfficial.com, and they can keep up with you and, and hear all the music that's going on. Mm-hmm. We talked about kind of um, some of the, the negative things. What has been some of the great positive things that have happened uh, to you since then? I mean, um, you've had a lot of experiences that the people probably mo- most people would never have in their lifetime. Can, can you share some of those with us? Some of those that stick out in your mind? Oh man, I've had so many. It, uh, you know, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, definitely lots of lots of positive. I I I got to write 
a song with one of my idols for this album. Um, you know, I got to teach many people how to beatbox, and and that's always fun for me, just because you know I I was always just a weird kid, and it became it was a subconscious thing, and when it became conscious, I, I had students, and but I got to you know teach Michelle Obama how to beatbox. I got to teach. Uh, you know the view i was on the view a while ago and got to do that and ellen and all these you know cool people and be around like got to have a you know almost a two-hour conversation with quincy jones about music in seattle and him you know going to garfield and and all these crazy things and you know people we've played with to you know like i'm like oh wow that's my friend he's like oh i played with him you know a while ago and mentors and and people you know come into your life and really or, you know, inspiring, and uh, mm-hmm. I get inspired every day, you know, um, and I have just, like, great positive people around me uh, all the time, so, but experiences, like, uh, me, I love, uh, the stage is where I was destined to be, um, right now I'm working on the album, that's great, and I'm having a great time doing it, I love creating, and it's it's such a meticulous thing, and especially me, I hear everything in, you know, stereo, and uh, I want everything to be perfect for the album, so when I go play it live, I can, you know, uh, have my freedom to to do mm-hmm. how I do it how I want live. You know, it's nice to have this album and package. It's almost like a business card nowadays. You know, it's like here's my album, here's my business card. You know, uh, right. if you like it, come to a show. Right. You know, um, right. absolutely. Yeah, but uh, I've got to travel a lot. That's 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 the blessing. Is 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 I'm, I'm touring to Germany. And uh, they love, you know, my music out there, and I, and I get to go meet new people and people that want to connect, and all these other beatboxers around the world. Like the best beatboxers are outside of the U.S. I mean, there's some there's some amazing ones in the U.S., but outside of you know America, people embrace art more <laughs> than they do here, and uh, that is such a small community. And YouTube has really changed that, and now there's you know. The French and the Germans and the Japanese are all coming together, and you know, it's pretty amazing to see. And these little kids and and girl beatboxers that are just killing it, you know, and uh, <laughs> and that's amazing for me to see because it's just it's a very small community, and I've always been a part of small communities, and uh, you know, acapella music, small, you know, electronic music was. I mean, it's always mm-hmm. kind of been big, but it's always kind of been small in America. And now it's, you know, everyone's like, dance music, dance music, dance music, which is amazing. Because my friends have, you know, I've been I've been into dance music for almost 20 years. And, right. you know, all my all my friends are these big producers that are now, like, it's like coming full circle. Now they're, like, producing Kesha and, you know, and remixing all these people. So it's, it's pretty a great time for music right now, especially independent music, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Seattle's always it's, been well, amazing really never with been that. A better time. There's never been a better yeah. time for independent music than right now. Yes, definitely for people seeing it and experiencing it and, you know, if they want to be a part of, you know, an artist's, uh, you know, life and, and career, it's 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 more accessible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw that with Macklemore and Ryan Lewis. You know, they were able to mm-hmm. have tremendous success without a, a label behind them for a long time. And uh, Ellen Stone, the same thing, and um, all you know, of, 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 yeah, they're all fantastic talent. I mean, 
I've always said, you know, the uh, northwest of Seattle area is like shooting fish in a barrel for talent. There's just something in the water up here. It just, I, I think we have just some of the best, best, best talent in the world. And happy to share oh, it. So I am much. so glad when people are able to, uh, to th- that the world is able to tap into what we already know is going on in, you know, in Seattle with, with all of this amazing, amazing talent. And I, I just think it's great. I just feel like we're taking over the world. <laughs> yeah, I One artist too. at a time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Uh, man, there's so much good music in, in Washington. It's crazy. And uh, I miss being home because literally uh, there's just uh, all the friends and, and people you meet along the way and the community of musicians in, in Washington is just fantastic. And they really embrace each other and they play on each other's albums. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't get a sense of community mm-hmm. being out here in Los Angeles. And it's, it's kind of really sad, you know, like not knowing your neighbors because being from the Northwest, I was raised that way, you know, just really like right. actually going next door and being like, hey, what's going on, you know? Like, and, yeah, uh, you, you're right. It's it's absolutely like that. Um, I've had Alan Stone on the show. Uh, him, Alan Stone played on uh, uh, Ben Haggerty's album, The Heist, uh, McElroy right. Ryan Lewis. Um, yes. Andrew Joslin was over there on that. And then they're all over, over to... Um, to uh, to Alan's music and I mean, it is and everybody just gets along so well I mean, you know I'm sure people can call in and tell me stories where someone didn't get along but on but on average everyone really does get along and like you said they're all helping they're all collaborating on other albums it is it is magical to 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 really watch it it is it really is and it's it just you know gives me hope and and inspires me um, you know to keep doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, and by you know, because uh, music is a collaborative thing. It's it's you know, it's you know, people trying to express themselves, and you know, that person wants to express themselves, and they get together, and you know, it's just all great. I love it. <laughs> well, you also have a, a, a passion. I wanted to kind of talk about of a, of a of a lost or a dying art, a lost art of the record store. And you've really been a, a supporter of trying to help record stores out. And, and there's just, you know, last year the best record store in America, and, and this just cracks me up, um, was, was Starbucks. And that's pretty sad oh. when Starbucks becomes the place that everybody thinks is the best record store in America. Because what do they sell? Oh, it's not a record store. It's a coffee shop. Not it's a, a coffee shop. Starbucks. I know. It's just horrible. <laughs> can, can you believe it? <laughs> and it's just okay coffee. Uh, well, you know, I mean, that consumerism, and I mean, I can go on for days about this stuff. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that's the um, that's the one thing I do like about living in LA. There's tons of record stores here, and I go to them all the time. But no, I mean uh, yeah, my my album Heartbreak on Vinyl and just the single Heartbreak on Vinyl was about Easy Street, and um, you know I and I mean growing up in the Northwest, like Silver Platters and Platinum, mm-hmm. and you know oh man. <laughs> I miss those days, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, I was the 80s kid, you know. I loved records. I was, you know, that was my treat from, you know, my parents was, you know, uh, you know, oh, here's a new vinyl, you know what I mean, before tapes came out, and then, then, and then it was right. all over, and then I had a tape player, and it was, you know, Walkman, and then it was more, you know, personalized, and, you know, I could go out and go outside and run around and, you know, listen to music, so. But, you know, the record store is just, it's a, it's it's sad, you know. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge collector, and um, 
I just, you know, it was a sad day. I just actually just recently, like, pretty much uploaded all of my CDs and everything. Um, but I still listen to my vinyl when I cook. I put my, I put a record on and I cook, and that's kind of like my thing, you know. That's when I'm, you know, or I'll have like a vinyl party, and my friends will come over, and we'll just listen to vinyl, and everyone will pick like an album. We'll have like a little dance party at the house. It's fun, you know. There's something yeah. special, very special, and you know. There's just what a connection. Album would we, what, what album would we be surprised to know that that, that you own? Surprised? Oh man! Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like, a tough question. I mean, I have. Mind, that, that I own the Bay City Rollers vinyl album. Yeah. I mean, now I'm telling S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. you how old I am. T U R D A Y. I love that. That's a fantastic. I, yeah, I mean, it's so catchy. Saturday. I love it. <laughs> oh wow! I, mean, I don't know what happened to them. I should look them up. I got some crazy limited edition stuff. Um, I have some signed vinyl by uh, I got a Bono signed by Unforgettable Fire, and he crossed out Fire and put Blake. So that's like that's hanging on my oh, wall. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean that was that was uh, the fortunate, you know, and so blessed to meet these people that have inspired me since I was a kid, being on American Idol, and uh, I was the only person I bought my I brought like. 50 pieces of vinyl of all the people that I thought I would meet, and I got two of them signed. So, <laughs> Wait, so I was you know that what? kid. I actually brought vinyl with me. Got. I brought vinyl with me to American Idol. Um, <laughs> so that's how much I love vinyl. Um, what's a surprising one? Um, I don't know. Nothing surprising to me. You know, I I, my, I like what I like. I hear a song, I like it, I buy it. You know, um, I really. I used to be such so snobby <laughs> when it comes to music, mm-hmm. but I'm just like I don't criticize or judge anyone on their taste because you like what you like, and you know no one has the right to judge you on that honestly, and I like tons of different music, but a surprising vinyl man, I have some kind of crazy classical vinyl um <laughs> just great i mean I can't even like Bach and Chopin and like, you know, I have so much of, you know, Ellie uh, or uh, Ella Fitzgerald, Benny Goodman, you know, Cap Calloway and 45s, uh, you know. I used to, like, all my presents used to be vinyl when it was like my birthday and Christmas, you know. I'd always get like a couple pieces and fans have always been so good to me, like just sending me like 45s and, you know. I don't know if I have any surprising, surprising things. Some, oh, I have an old weird, weird like Cheech and Chong sampled record that's that's called Up Bustle, Ugh, Up Bustle and Out, which was on Ninja Tune um, a long time ago, and that one was a surprising find for me because I I bought I bought this like stack of like seventy to a hundred vinyl when this this record store was closing, which was sad, but you know, at the same time I got about 100 pieces of vinyl for like 30 yeah. bucks. I was kind of excited about it. So that was the surprising find out of that. Like I put it on and it was like one of my favorite records for like a year. And every time I was just hanging out doing like, it was one of those like kind of instrumental 70s funk records that, you know, doesn't really have any vocals, but all the all the vocals on it that were Cheech and Chong samples and they were hilarious. So I guess that's my surprising vinyl. I bet that would be good. I have Steve Martin's Wild and Crazy Guy album. Um, <laughs> and that is, I mean, it's just, that, that is just a classic. In fact, it really needs to be, 
come back out into the forefront again because that thing was just genius at that time. He did King Cut, I think, on that as well. It was King just Cut. that was his biggest album, album, right? That was the uh, yeah. I mean, that's the yeah. second highest selling comedy record of all time. I mean, I think it so was it, the first it, one. They could put him out. It was it, it's, it's hilarious. It was so funny. I'm just I, I'm laughing. I'm thinking about it right now. Um, <laughs> there are some great things out there that really should be rediscovered because you know it's just it, you know it's classic. It's just absolutely classic for a reason. I'm I, I'm sure you get asked a lot by kids, especially you know you're talking about a lot of the the kids who are beatboxing now, who are who are young kids, young girls, young young boys who are who are doing this, and they're asking you for advice. What kind of advice have have you been giving them about um, the, the future of beatboxing or or, or how to get into the the business, or what, what seems to be the the message that, that they're asking from you? Um, well, for me, um, the, yeah, I get those questions a lot, and for me, it's always about listening. Um, as a musician, like the greater you are at listening, and just communication, and, th- and that goes with everything. It doesn't have to go with music, but just communication and, and listening is is you know I even say more that of than 50% of the whole thing and, and really listening and, and soaking up different percussion and as far as when it comes to beatboxing, different drummers and, and different bands and really listen to the drums and, and see what the pattern is because, you know, drumming is just, just all patterns and, um, you know, with the mouth, it's all phonetics and, you know, um, I, I grew up, I, I went to WOMAD when it was in Redmond and I got to, you know, experience tube and throat singing and, and, uh, and that was that changed my outlook on the human voice, you know, um, for world beat and you know, Indian music and and South African and all the you know the polyrhythms and all this and crazy things. So far as beatboxing, um, the best is I mean the internet, you know, uh, it's a, a powerful source of information um, when you're looking for the right things. And um, for as beatboxing, uh, I tell them to check out beatbox. Yeah, Beatbox Battle Network, um, and um, there's just so many, so many people out there doing tutorials, and so many people that are just fantastic, and and they just started, you know, like there's so many good beatboxers out mm-hmm. there. It's just impressive, and you know, and I'm I'm good to a certain point. I have my things that I like, so when I teach, I'm like, it's all trying to hear that person, and you know, really. Uh, seeing what works best for that, you know, that voice, you know, just as a vocal teacher would find the uh, the best qualities of and tones of a singer, I try and do the same thing with a beatboxer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, before I let you go, I have to ask you because people are, are asking me, and I got to ask you. What was Simon really like? You've probably been asked this question <laughs> a, a million times, but people still want to hear it. They, they want to know if he is you know, just as um, cranky as he as he appears on TV. <laughs> um, well, yeah, he. I mean, he's playing his part for sure. You know, he got paid you know millions of dollars to play that part. Um, but he was nice to me um, outside of the show. But honestly, we only got to see them maybe Simon and. Um, you know Ryan outside of the show. Well, we got to see Ryan a little more because he was always doing interviews and and work and and he had a he had a he had a, <laughs> a lot more of a job to do on that show than Simon. They kind of just showed up and judged, you know. But um he was nice to me and uh you know, he he was an advocate for me on the show, which was great. Um Randy I knew a lot more. 
Um, and after the show, we were in this, like in the same studio uh, at Henson Studios, um, working on our album. So I actually got to see Randy after the show, and we were like critiquing each other's music, and you know, and that was really cool. And and you know, I was on the season where Paula was there, and it was uh, you know, she was actually the nicest, and she would actually come backstage before the show and was, wish ugh, wish us luck and after the show, you know, would come say goodbye. And she was the only one. She was actually the thought, most thoughtful person on that show. Mm-hmm. As much cri- criticizing she got, you know, for being on that show. Right. I, I go to go to her defense all day. Right. Yeah. Well, she, she does come across as a very warm and caring human. She definitely is. She she was a sweetheart, and and Randy was awesome, and we had also had mutual friends, and actually in Seattle, and um, you know it's it, it was nice coming on that show and uh, being around another musician, and and the band was awesome, and you know, but Simon, he was he was Simon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I don't I don't think you could play that character unless there was some truth to it for sure, you know, and. Uh, I think he's, you know, kept that persona, and it's done very well for him. Uh, uh, been very lucrative for him throughout his his career as well. But you know, he actually does know what he's talking about. You know, I, I think if people watch the the polls, most of the time they they did agree with he had, with, with what he had to say. So he is very knowledgeable. Yeah, I mean, he's just a straight up go to work business guy. Like he he's got it on lock, and um, you know, it's very apparent. Um, and he was there. I mean, American Idol was business for him. He showed up. He did his thing. We, we There was two times where we got to, like, party with everybody and, you know, have drinks and actually have a real conversation with those people, but it was very short-lived, and, you know, that was it. You know, I, I, I got put on a television show, It was and it was in its sixth year, and it was like clockwork. Like, people, mm-hmm. there was, you know... The only people I got to really, you know, bond with were my contestants, some of the uh, ac- the, the producers that actually make it run, and the musicians, uh, you know, the people in the band, and Ricky Minor and Teddy Campbell, the drummer, which, you know, I, I, you know, got to battle on the show, which was really fun, and, you know, mm-hmm. those were the experiences and the people that I, I love coming off that show. Which contestants um, have, have you kept up with? Oh, a lot of them. Um, my good buddy Chris Richardson and I, um, uh, which is it's crazy. It's kind of full circle. Um, he's he comes here to LA to to write, and um, we're kind of on the same record label. He's signed to Cash Money, uh, and uh, you know I'm signed to Universal Republic, and then they're and they're both to Universal. So um, mm-hmm. it, you know we're we're meeting the same people now and kind of doing the same kind of promo tours and. You know, promoting our music, and uh, he's one of my best friends, and he was on the show, and he, you know, forever will be. And um, my buddy Chris Sly just moved to LA, and so we just reconnected. Um, and um, you know, when I'm when I'm in Chicago, I see my my friend Gina Glockson. When I'm in Vegas, I I see my friend Haley. And uh, when Jordan's in LA, uh, I'll connect with her uh, on occasion, or we we'll, might show up at the the same event. You know. Um, but I definitely stay connected, for sure. And uh, actually, I live with my good buddy, Elliot Yamin, who actually was the season before me. Um, oh, and, uh, yeah. I'm, you know, um, I'm his, I'm his roommate. He's on the show on Monday. <laughs> Is he really? 
I was doing that on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, he's uh he's been he's been one of my best pals here. Uh, and Brandon Rogers, who's on my season as well, they're like two of my best friends here in LA. Um, but yeah, I I live in uh, Elliot's house, and uh, we did like a last year we did a, a show for almost two months in Branson, Missouri, of all places, and we did this kind of. Uh, idol theater kind of show and um mm-hmm. it was really fun and and uh we'd been friends for the like the last three years and he you know kept texting me like because he was just in his house by himself and he's got a big house and he, he knows how much equipment i have he's like you should just move in here and i got robbed <laughs> like i got robbed by a crackhead um where i was living oh, before no. and so i was like yes so get me out of this area so it's been great we've been uh, yeah. in his roomie for like um eight or nine months now and it's a good time. I I hate when musicians' um, equipment gets. That is my pet peeve. I hate that happens all the time. You know, oh. um, it's always a, a a huge thing that goes out on social media when when bands' equipment gets stolen, and it just ticks oh. me off every time because it's so expensive. They've put everything they have into that equipment. They don't have anything else most of the time except for that equipment. You know, and it's it their whole life. It's, it, it is heartbreaking. It, I hate that when that happens, and I'm so sorry I mean, that that happened to you. I hate it's it. It's okay. Even if just someone, it's just a it's violating, and you never know how you're gonna feel. And my other roommate and I, we just, and then that whole week we were just like at each other's throats for no reason, just because we got violated by someone else, and mm-hmm. it was just a, it was a learning experience. I'd never been, you know, robbed before, and. um it was a big ordeal, and uh, I'm glad it's over. And uh, yeah, and yeah. now I get a I, exactly. now I got a great great roommate, and yeah, and we live in a better area. <laughs> the area I was living before was just not the best area. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that. That's because I I just or that just that always takes up because um, for 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 most musicians. Um, they're they're like a small business, and when their equipment gets stolen, that's their whole business has just left. Everything they've, you know, saved and planned and worked for gets stolen, and that's that's their business, that's their income, that's their money maker. And I just, I just, yeah. I, it happens so often, and I, I, I don't, even, you know, don't even get me started on that because I could just rant and rave about that forever too but yeah. people do not sell a, a musician's equipment because you're not stealing from people it's not like um robin hood where you're stealing from the rich and giving to the poor no these are working people yeah. who need this stuff you know don't i mean i of course i don't condone stealing in any but you know it just breaks my right. heart for musicians because I, I i know how how hard that they work i know how expensive equipment is and, and what they've had to do to to get the, that equipment so yeah, I, I I definitely agree. I've made precautions now. I mean, I've I've <laughs> I literally like three weeks ago took pictures of every single thing I own, every model number. It took like two weeks to get everything filed and for insurance and everything. And they caught the guy. I, I a cop came by oh, like three months, you know, t- you know, a year later, and it's like, yeah, you know, I did the lineup, and my roommate and I did the lineup, my other roommate and. It was very interesting. It was, uh, you know, I I wish no one would go through anything, evil or negative. But fortunately, there's uh, those kind of people in the world, and we just got to stay positive and keep right. fighting the good fight. And that's why we have music, because <laughs> you know musicians are so great about 
about tuning out the negative for us and bringing in that wonderful energy of music and restoring our souls. And so I certainly appreciate you being a part of that restoration process for all of us because who, who aren't musicians, that there's wonderful people out uh, like you out there who, who are doing it and bringing it to us all the time. I want people to go to BlakeLewisOfficial.com. I want them to download your new music. They can get it on iTunes. They can hook up through your um, through your website. And we're going to play yeah. Your Touch, which is um, from your upcoming album. Can, can you tell us just a little bit more about that song? Yeah, um, it, it, this was one of those songs in the studio that it just – happened um and you know you strike where the iron's hot um it definitely went through some production uh you know some phases in the production when i first wrote it it was kind of it kind of sounded like the xx like if you hear in the second verse um it's kind of got this like indie little bass line that comes through and the, the whole song i wrote like that um and then i was like wait this isn't my sound i'm not trying to be you know the xx so um, this whole album and the song was about really finding my sound and using beatbox as a foundation. And uh, I made a huge sample library of all my sounds, like, you know, and uh, we programmed a lot of the sounds on the album and in that song. Um, uh, but the song is its just kind of like, I was that guy always like, you know, daydreaming, wishing I could get that girl that I liked and not having the guts to... Uh, you know, go up to her. I've never been that guy that's like, you know, was in the bar and asking a girl for a number. I always thought that was just kind of weird, and uh, I don't like that. <laughs> that dating, that, that whole, just that, the approach. I've never mm-hmm. been good at the approach, you know. And um, so this this song is about that. It's about, you know, the guy finally getting the confidence and, you know, saying, hey, let's make it happen. All and right. kind of well, a dream, it's a moody, sexy, dreamy song, you know. Um, you know, it's it's you know the the opening verses. I've been writing you uh, the story. A headline reads, "We're meant to be." Kind of, you know, I, I'm kind of visual with my songs. So when when I'm trying to paint a picture, and uh, with this album, I'm doing that so very much with this. You know, so I hope people like it. And well, I love respond it. To it. Oh, thank well, you. So I added much. it to my personal playlist because I, I enjoyed it so much. I'm looking forward to the album coming out. Thanks, Blake, for coming on. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, it's a, oh, a, a, a great day for for music and a, a great day for Northwest Music. And we just continue to wish you nothing but the best, best, best success. So. Oh, thank you so much. I'm actually heading up to to Tacoma to play the Pride actually um, oh, okay. on Saturday. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm nice. excited to. Uh, come home this weekend and see friends and family and, you know, soak up uh, the Seattle sun because I hear it's been uh, really nice there. It's been really hot, you know, and uh, it, it, and that heat wave kind of broke, though, and so it's it, it's right where temps should be for, for July. Just, it's absolutely beautiful. The sky is clear. There's no smog in the air, as you would know that there is in L.A., and uh, you can just see for miles, and it's beautiful. And, and not only do we want you to come home and experience what's going on in Seattle, but we invite everybody to come to Seattle and enjoy what's going on here because it is really is magical. It's a great time to be in Seattle. There's fantastic music, fantastic food. There's just a great energy going on, um, mm-hmm. and it, it 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 doesn't really get any better. Uh, we want everybody to come and experience what we already know is going on here in Seattle. Get down to Pike Market. There's fantastic things going on down there at Pike Market. Yeah. I always love to go to Pike Market. It's great energy I down tell there everyone. as well. So. Yeah, Absolutely. I tell everyone to come come to Washington. And every time anyone's like. 
I've always wanted to go. And I was like, make it happen, you know, or everyone exactly. has some like, you know, like it's always, always, always overcast. I'm like, no, no, it's not, you know, you just, and okay. I've had so many people that have gone up there like I had the best time in Washington. Exactly. So. That's right. You, you always leave a little piece of yourself in Seattle if if you have to leave. But, you know, now, I mean, we, we've had, well, it was, last year we went, you know, in fact, we, we everybody in Seattle was tweeting this out because it was a big deal for us. We went like 47 days with, you know, it was like no rain, no nothing, just sunny skies. And everybody was always shocked. You know, they're like, wow. I'm like, it, it happens. I mean, today, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. It's, sun is shining, the Ferris wheel spinning. I mean, it's just, you know, it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just magical. It's, it's just a, a great time. So have have a great time coming back. Uh, I, I know Thank you will. You. And, and we just uh, and, and we want everyone to come and, and, and experience <laughs> what we are experiencing here. So BlakeLewisOfficial.com, stay with him and support great and talented people who are doing wonderful things in the world like Blake Lewis. Thanks, Blake, for Thank coming you so on. Much. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, my, my my pleasure. All right. All right, that was Lewis, and we're going to play out with his song, uh, his new song, Your Touch. So get over there to iTunes or over to his um, website, BlakeLewisOfficial.com, and support this talented kid. He is just really doing everything he can do to put out great music, and he's uh, very accomplished. He's putting out a great product doesn't cost hardly anything to download a, a, a wonderful song to your playlist, and we encourage you to do that and support him today. Thank you for listening. Um, we will be back with um, Elliot uh, Yemen and his uh, roommate uh, that we were just talking about on Monday. And I also have the director of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation going to come on next week, and we're going to be talking about um, homelessness and family homelessness what the Gates Foundation is doing to um, assist in that issue and what we can do as ordinary folk to assist in that issue. We're going to go out today. Blake Lewis, your touch. Thanks for joining us. I've been writing you a story. The headline reads, we're meant to be.
That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.